Before um, we go any further, let's just pause for a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you that we can approach your throne of grace, and we know that you do care for all of us and for every part of each of our lives. And as we would gather together here to share together and discuss this important topic of approaching marriage, Father, we know that this is a part of your plan for mankind, and we want to learn from your word, we want to learn from each other, and pray, Heavenly Father, that our being together here this morning would would be a blessing for each one that has come, and that the expectations and the needs of those that are here would be met by you, Lord, and uh, through your the ministry of your Holy Spirit among us. We ask for your blessing in Jesus' name. Amen. So I'd like to welcome all of you here this morning. I'm, I didn't know what to expect. We're going to have all the singles and no parents, or all the parents and no singles. Uh, nobody show up, but uh, I'm glad that we uh, have uh, um, quite a full room here. I just... Um, I wanted, uh, just as an introduction, uh, I haven't seen one yet, but apparently uh, some of these booklets, uh, uh, somehow a few pages uh, got mixed up. Um, uh, All the ones I've looked at looked like they were printed uh, properly. But if you have one of those uh, books, uh, we are... uh, uh, we'll give you a full refund, and uh, and uh, we'll exchange it for a, a, a good copy. So there's lots here. If you haven't picked one up, please uh, help yourself to that. Uh, this is a topic that was actually addressed uh, here at camp uh, a number of years ago. I don't remember exactly uh, how many years, and so it's not intended to be an entire repeat of that, although certainly some of the things that you know will be discussed or mentioned uh, will undoubtedly be things that you've heard before. And uh, certainly some of the things that I'm going to share with you are also ones that were shared at a singles retreat that we did up um, in our area last year. And, uh, you know, so it's not necessarily a lot of new information in that sense. But as I mentioned in the forum, there's a few things that I would like to cover, share share some, you know, uh, thoughts with you. This is a, a topic of personal interest for me because of some of the experiences that I have um, made over the years being in the ministry and uh, things that I've observed um, and uh, felt, uh, felt and feel very strongly that it needs to be addressed, uh, you know, in our circles um, and, and that we need, to, we need to talk about this. And uh, so just, you know, this topic of approaching marriage, as I mentioned this morning, sometimes we, we do have these words or phrases that that we use and and not everybody understands them or or you know looks at the the same way and I'm hoping that this morning through this forum and the dialogue that we can have together that all of us will be able to um, you know understand that a little bit better and certainly that was uh, very much the goal and the intention of uh, the booklet that was developed and and is now available um, not everybody will marry, we know that, but I think it is a reality uh, that most do desire that. And it's, that should be no surprise to any of us, because I think that's very innate in the way that God made uh, mankind. Um, and we see that from the very beginning, that marriage is something that uh, is part of God's design and is also something that God places a very high value and... Um, and extols within scripture 
even though not all will marry, and we will touch on that uh, just a little bit. But uh, this is about approaching marriage. You know, just a couple scriptures that obviously come to mind. You know, the Bible says that whosoever findeth a wife findeth a good thing. You know, God sees that as a good thing. In the Garden of Eden, um, it's interesting that... um, you know, in all of creation, God saw that everything was good, but when it came down to, you know, man and the fact that he was alone, uh, God, you know, that was the one thing God says that's not good. He said it's not good for a man to be alone. And, uh, you know, other scriptures uh, also extol the, the value, the high value that God places on, on marriage, the instructions that are, are given even in the scripture where it, the Apostle Paul says, I will, therefore, that the younger women marry um, Bear children, you know, guide the house, uh, you know, along with the idea of it not being good for a man um, and, for that matter, a woman to be alone. And in Corinthians, it it addresses that marriage is very much uh, a part of God's answer or solution for the sexual temptation that is very prevalent and and that need that is in, in all of us. You know, if we were ta- when we're talking about marriage uh, by faith or marriage just in general, you know, we obviously want to go to Scripture and, and, and see what it says there about that. And yet if we look at the Bible, we can see that, uh, you know, actually, you know, the, this process of approaching marriage or getting marriage, um, you know, there are examples in Scripture, but they really don't give us, you know, they themselves don't give us, you know, the answers or all the answers, certainly, that, that we are looking for. We can learn from some of those examples. And obviously, I've already mentioned Adam and Eve, and, and you know, it's clear that, uh, you know, he had it very easy. God put him to sleep. Um, he woke up, and there was Eve. You know, there was nobody else to choose from. And, uh, and you know, by his expression, you know, really what he, what he says, you know, when he said, this is now bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh, in Hebrew, that actually means, oh, this is exactly what I need. Um, and we know it was perfect. You know, God, God made it that way. You know, we move through scripture and, you know, probably the example of Isaac and Rebecca would be the one that is explained in the greatest detail in scripture. And it, it almost uh, is a very idealistic, you know, type of, you know, uh, story, the way, you know, um, some of that, you know, comes together. And certainly we can, you know, glean, and, and we talk about that in the booklet, glean some insights uh, into that. And it uh, uh, seems like, uh, you know, it, it uh, you know, was all, you know, perfectly planned by God and ordained. And, you know, the ending there is, you know, they, they meet and uh, they live happily ever after. Actually, that's not what happened. You know, when we look at the rest of the story of their lives, we see that, you know, that wasn't exactly a, a fairy tale wedding uh, or marriage. Um, you know, there was uh, deceit, deception, you know, lying, uh, favoritism, you know, that really caused a lot of problems uh, to this very day. Um, I guess Jacob and, and Rachel's is really the, you know, sort of love at first sight, you know, example in the scripture. Uh, you know, here's a man who, you know, literally, you know, saw uh, Rachel first time, and, you know, in our, you know, day and age, we say, would say that that's love at first sight, you know, he, you know, he knew exactly that this was the one that, you know, God had given for him, he wanted, he wanted one wife, he got four, and he got a lot of problems in his wife, um, in his life, you know, things really got messy um, in that situation. Um, You know, another one, obviously, that comes to mind is, uh, um, you know, 
Ruth and Boaz. And uh, this is an interesting one because, you know, all the other ones, we, you know, it's Adam and Eve, it's uh, um, Isaac and Rebecca, it's uh, Jacob and Rachel, but now it's, you know, we don't say Boaz and Ruth, we say Ruth and Boaz. And, you know, we know the story that, um, you know, it seems that she had a lot more to, to and her mother-in-law had a lot more to do with how that all came, came about. That's uh, interesting, and we can maybe touch on that a little bit later. Uh, the point that I'm trying to make is that, you know, those examples in scriptures, you know, were very much obviously in, uh, influenced by the, the culture, you know, of the day and, 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 and time. And we can't translate all of those things into our own time and culture. And, and really for probably 6,000 years that has been true. And even to this day, you know, that is also true that, you know, how one approaches marriage and, and how that happens is very much uh, influenced by the cultures that we live in. And even within our circles, you know, we also have a church culture that has developed over years and, and is, has a great influence. And, uh, you know, but we also live in a, a secular, you know, world and culture. And, and, you know, obviously we see the compelling need to address the influence of that culture as it tries to make inroads into, uh, you know, this area of our lives as believers and, and how we approach marriage. And, and that is something that, you know, obviously raises concern, you know, for those of us that are in the leadership. I think it raises concern for, for parents, you know, how, how some of those things, you know, come about. And, and really, you know, um, you know, there's a number of things, you know, that, that uh, concern us, but, you know, this tendency perhaps to adapt, you know, worldly practices or, or methods and norms, um, you know, is, is a concern. A couple other concerns, you know, that, that have driven me a little bit to, you know, to really work on this uh, topic in, in different ways is uh, what I perceive to be a very high percentage of, of um, no's, you know, responses to, to proposals that are being made, um, particularly when it's sort of done in the more traditional way that it has been in the past. And uh, also um, what I would call a, a, um, a troubling, you know, um, level of discouragement, you know, among young people, you know, that, that obviously would like to be married, both brothers and sisters, and uh, for various reasons that's not happening, you know, in their lives. And, uh, you know, so that, that does concern me, and, and I think many of the brothers as well, and I'm sure uh, parents uh, um, too. I think we can safely say that we've opposed, you know, the more modern or Western concept known as dating, um, as well as even recreational, casual, um, both the recreational casual type, as well as, you know, what would be considered more, you know, serious dating with the full intention of, of marriage. And, um, you know, we... Um, Quite often, you know, when people ask us, uh, you know, after we've been married, you know, well, you know, how did you meet or, you know, um, or ask us about marriage in our, in our church, um, we often respond by saying, well, we don't date, you know, and then, well, so how did you get to know each other? And, you know, and then we go through a process of, um, you know, how that sort of came about and, uh, and quite often, the, the, the real true elements of what marriage by faith is not even part of that description. Um, you know, it's more emphasis, well, we didn't really, 
you know, know each other or we didn't talk much, you know, about this. And, and, and somehow, well, that's marriage by faith. But, you know, is, is marriage by faith, you know, is that how we're going to define it? Is it, it's, is it something that is, you know, that narrow? Um, and, and I don't think we can define it that, that simply, you know, that it's, uh, even though, you know, it, that's a reality and it happens and there's nothing wrong with that and then we support and, and promote that, but that the definition cannot be that, that simple. And the reality is that, uh, you know, for all of those that are married, uh, their stories are different, as different as our stories are of how we came to the Lord and converted, you know, how, you know, young people find each other or get to know each other or get married, you know, all are unique and different. But, you know, however we want to, you know, define that uh, at this point, you know, we, you know, I think it's important that we would recognize that when we're talking about marriage by faith and however you understand that or, or it's commonly understood, that we're not talking about something that is outdated uh, as some would like to place it uh, or, or, or define it that way that, you know, that's archaic, that's just not the way it's done anymore or it should be done anymore. In reality, marriage in faith or marriage by faith is really the only way uh, single believers in Christ should be approaching this important area of life. And, you know, the Bible says that the just shall live by faith. And this needs to be uh, an experience where very much, uh, you know, faith has a a very large uh, part to, to do with that. If we sort of talk about, you know, just kind of the and I, um, the traditional way, and, and you know, this is the way it was for Joanne and I. Um, you know, we really didn't know each other. We never talked about marriage before I proposed to her, um, and we know that many have made you know that experience, and uh, and it has worked out you know wonderfully you know for them. For some, it it hasn't uh, you know. Um, worked out wonderfully in the sense that, you know, they, they got married, you know, sort of following that method and, and, you know, and it's been disastrous and others may use other methods and it's not necessarily sort of the, the method of actually how one finds each other that is what's going to ensure a happy um, marriage. Um, there's a lot more to it and this is really the essence of the booklet that we have put together of you know, preparing oneself for marriage and, and you know, searching for a helpmate. Um, I mentioned earlier that this has been a personal concern for me. Statistically, uh, you know, 50% seems to be the, the number of no's that, that happened have historically. Um, incidentally, when we meet with the elders of the sister church, we get a similar figure, you know, from them. Uh, personally, that percentage has been much higher uh, for myself, and uh, you know that you know has been um, an area of concern. You know, for me, not only why is that, but also sort of some of the discouragement and the disappointment um, that uh, comes as a part of of that. What I'd uh, like to do at uh, this time is. Um, is give you some of the, uh, just a summary, not a, a detailed summary of the uh, 
results of the survey that was conducted. Um, I do have uh, complete copies of that, and if anybody would like to, it's, it's not secret information. It's, not, it's nothing that, you know, any of you could look at if you'd like to look at that. Probably not, uh, you know, certainly not a scientific thing, you know, and uh, that we wouldn't place too much emphasis on, but it gives us a little bit of a, a flavor and a snapshot. Of, of what really some of uh, the singles were thinking. We conducted this survey at the retreat, as I mentioned, that we held uh, about a year and a half ago uh, in our area. We had about 60, um, I think between 65 and 70 participants. And of those, uh, we had, I think it was 42 or 43 that actually responded at that time or shortly after to the survey. Um, uh, it was the uh, it was split almost exactly in half. We did have uh, an additional twenty um, surveys that uh, you know after trying to get more respondents you know to the survey that we received um, subsequent uh, to that and uh, and they came um, and they came uh, more from uh, three distinct churches and I. There's no reason not to mention them. They were, you know, the church in San Diego, Colorado Springs, and West Akron. You know, the, the brothers, the elders in those churches, you know, uh, made a concerted effort to get, you know, their young people to respond. Um, and uh, obviously those that attended the retreat uh, were more from, you know, um, our area, uh, churches. Uh, you know, there were, you know, some from the Ohio area, but it was more primarily there were a lot of, uh, obviously, uh, common responses, but there were also some distinct differences uh, within the surveys. But I would just like to, you know, just uh, share a few thoughts. As I mentioned, um, equal number of brothers uh, and sisters, uh, you know, that responded uh, to them. So we had a total of approximately 63 that uh, um, responded. So there were, I think, around uh, 20 questions uh, or areas that we, we asked about. And um, I'd just like to give you, you know, just some of the responses. One of the things that we asked about was the, the level of communication, you know, that uh, exists between brothers and sisters, single brothers and sisters. And uh, the res- overall response was that generally, you know, that, uh, that the level of uh, communication um, was good, you know, that they felt that. When it came to the topic of, you know, uh, approaching marriage, who would they actually talk to or counsel with uh, regarding that? Um, I found it interesting that uh, only about 50% of those that responded uh, actually said that they would uh, counsel with their parents. And the the figures for those that would counsel with ministers or elders, uh, like church leaders, ranged from approximately 45 to 75 percent. Again, we were there were some differences there, um, not real high. And as we move along in this uh, forum, you will see that this is you know one area that that I personally feel, and I think other brothers uh, share this conviction that uh, that um, hopefully this would would change. Um, most uh, understandably felt uh, that getting married was important uh, to them. Um, the majority of those that responded support uh, the way that we have traditionally um, been approaching marriage, the traditional uh, 
method that, that we have had in our church. And, you know, when I say traditional method, you know, I guess I, I've created a simple definition of that, and, and that is basically what I experienced, you know, one in which the brother, uh, you know, has little, uh, sometimes no, but, you know, little uh, personal interaction uh, on the topic of, you know, marriage, um, little or none, really, um, with the sister that he is considering, and then, you know, would forward a proposal through an elder or minister, and, and then she would respond to that. So that that method is, is still very much one that uh, the majority of the respondents uh, are, are, you know, willing to support. Although um, certainly in some circles we see, you know, a change uh, in, in the thinking of, of, of that as well. The overwhelming majority of singles um, want to get to know each other before a proposal takes place. This was either uh, important or very important to them. So obviously when we say get to know, you know, that can mean a you know, a lot of different things, you know, to, to different people. I understand that, um, you know, it can, you know, be very uh, superficial getting to know them, you know, uh, you know, career, you know, um, likes, dislikes, you know, and, and, you know, can become very, uh, you know, in-depth. But I think that's a, a good point that uh, we'd like to make. And uh, when asked about uh, um, whether they felt that some level of communication should take place before a proposal actually takes place, um, of all the respondents, none of them said that they would want no uh, communication to happen. And approximately 75% said that they would at least want some. Obviously, some wanted more, but 75% definitely said that, you know, they, they want some. But none said that, you know, absolutely none. And what this says to me is that, that really all of, you know, the young people expect that they would have some interaction. And, and it also says to me that if a brother, you know, proposes to a sister that he has never spoken to, um, you know, I can almost guarantee what the response uh, to that will be. We asked uh, the question, list and rank three, uh, the three most important things that you would look for in a potential spouse, and, uh, you know, also if they're all necessary. And, uh, and I'm, I'm really, you know, gratified to, you know, share with you that uh, the respondents were, you know, pretty much unanimous in the sense that, uh, you know, what you as young people, you know, that are considering um, marriage, approaching marriage, that, that what you placed as the number one priority is that you would look for someone that is godly, uh, um, spiritual, uh, you know, Christ-focused. You know, that, that was, you know, like I said, almost unanimous. And those that maybe didn't use those words, you know, used similar words that describe that. And, you know, I... That's encouraging to me to know that, you know, you know, in spite of all the pressures and, and you know, things that are, you know, maybe going on and, and the pressure of the world, uh, you know, that, that you do realize and understand, you know, the value of, of marrying um, or being married to someone who is godly and uh, spiritual and, and that's important to them. Another one that ranked very high, and I think this is also worth noticing, noting, is that uh, many were looking for um, someone that they would consider, either brother or sister, someone that was committed 
uh, and active in the church. Um, and again, that's uh, you know I think that's very encouraging for me as as a you know minister as an elder you know to to see that you know young people feel that that's important um, you know to, in who they would consider. There were um, you know other responses and you know actually uh, you know having an attraction uh, obviously you know. I think that would probably be an attraction, not just physical, but, you know, attracted to, you know, the qualities and attributes of, of the potential person, you know, was, uh, was, um, was high as well. The next question uh, that, that we asked um, had to do with, uh, you know, what conditions they felt that would need to be met before they could move ahead. And we gave a couple examples, and the first one was having clear uh, direction from the Lord. And once again, unanimously, everyone, you know, felt that that was very important to them. All of the respondents, you know, put that at least. They could check off more than one, but all of them checked off that one. And so, you know, again, I find this encouraging to know that you as, as single believers in Christ, you know, are really wanting and, and seeing the importance of, of, of God giving you clear direction um, in, this, in this area. Other areas that, uh, you know, were in varying degrees, you know, um, friendship, you know, was, was I would say, fairly important. And then also, you know, even physical attraction or, or you know, having feelings towards someone, um, you know, was there. Being like-minded and having, you know, similar interests was, was also identified. Um, we did ask a question about, you know, why brothers would perhaps hesitate in, in moving forward and in, in asking for a sister, or, um, and obviously, to no surprise, uh, the fear of rejection was, uh, was something that, uh, you know, stands in the way. And I think that would especially be true for brothers that have perhaps asked in the past and have received no's. Um, we did uh, ask about the various methods in which proposals uh, could or would be forwarded uh, um, or handled, and uh, basically there were mixed uh, um, um, results as to what the preferences uh, were among the single people. So that's just a snapshot of the results, and if, if someone would want more of that, again, you can certainly ask. And if you have questions, uh, feel free to interrupt me. How about the sisters that asked why? Because I'm sure some of them refused. Right. Why? Well, yes, we, we did actually uh, do that. I didn't include it here. We asked sisters, what are the reasons you would say no to a brother? Um, the highest number of responses was um, that uh, they felt that the brother was unspiritual. Um, and then uh, the same number of responses uh, also said that the, the brother was unknown to them. That, you know, they felt that they just didn't, you know, know enough about him. Um, not having a conviction from the Lord was sort of next in the number of responses, and and then um, also things such as not having feelings towards about uh, the brother, uh, and timing was also one that was, uh, you know, uh, identified as a reason for not, you know, saying yes. Um, being this ties in with what I mentioned earlier, you know, if they felt that the brother was inactive in the church, uh, was also sort of so those were kind of the, the top ones in that area. Didn't intentionally mean to leave the sisters out uh, in that. 
Okay, so what I'd like to do uh, next is just, um, you know, I purposely wanted to have this booklet available at the beginning of the week because I don't want to use our time here to, uh, you know, to just present what's in the booklet because either I hope that you've already read it or, or will read it uh, and, uh, you know, do that on your own time. It is a, an easy read. I just would like to give a, a little bit of acknowledgement. Uh, first of all, this very nice cover that you see um, was done by the same brother that makes our beautiful banners in the auditorium, Brother Phil Densinger, and he, he certainly did, I, I believe, a very uh, appropriate and creative uh, work when he did this for us, and I'm very thankful for that. And uh, just also want to um, acknowledge Brother Mark Ekic's uh, um, input, which was very substantial to uh, the development of this booklet. Uh, he and I uh, were the ones that primarily... Um, you know, worked on developing that, obviously, with input from other brothers and other sources. Um, and so uh, if you have criticisms, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll take them. <laughs> we don't need the, we don't want any praise, but uh, um, certainly I hope that if you do have questions. Um, so we, uh, in developing this uh, uh, book that we really wanted to, to put the focus where we felt, uh, you know, God is putting the emphasis when we talk about approaching marriage. And, uh, um, you know, I'd like to, you know, in the elders meeting, uh, you know, when we had discussions, sometimes, you know, in the elders meetings, it, it, it's really difficult to, to um, uh, you know, get a lot, you know, put ourselves in an awkward spot here, get a lot done, you know, and something like this. Really, you know, something like this needs to be worked out, uh, you know, sort of behind the scenes, uh, because obviously when, you know, you have 25 brothers, you know, you're talking about something like this, you know, um, you know, things can go off in tangents, and, and this time they really did. When we talked about this, we needed to really keep it on track. But it sort of um, is a good, a good place for us to get a sense of, you know, what the concerns are of, of the other brothers. And, you know, as we talked about it, um, not at the last meeting, but the, 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 I believe it was the prior meeting um, when we spent an hour talking, talking about it, and then we want to summarize what we said, uh, the statement was made, um, and I think this was perhaps part of the elders' report at some point as well, um, that uh, when we're talking about uh, marriage by faith, our focus is not on the mechanics of how to forward a marriage proposal, but on the godly principles that must be honored before one gets to that point. And, and we would really like to underscore that. And for that reason, as we um, develop the booklet, I think you, you find that uh, that's the order that, that you, you see there. And so the first area really deals with this entire topic of preparing oneself for marriage. And, and here we've made the statement, above all, we desire his will and blessing for our life. For this reason, it is often emphasized among us that we believe in marriage by faith. This phrase, marriage by faith, refers to how we approach marriage. It refers to how we prepare for marriage. It refers to how we seek our life's partner. And a very important part of preparing oneself um, for marriage is that we would put the emphasis on um, much more emphasis on being the right person rather than finding the right person. And obviously that takes a lot of soul searching. That takes an effort that we would examine ourselves and, and really make sure that, that you know, we are walking with the Lord and, and being what God 
wants us to be. And part of that process then becomes, uh, you know, where we would ask ourselves questions, and you will notice that in the first uh, chapter of the book, that, you know, a lot of questions that one should really seriously ask themselves uh, as they consider marriage, and, and hopefully even before they consider uh, a particular person in marriage, that, you know, that just as you're thinking about marriage, not, you know, is it, is it, you know, her or him, or, but rather just marriage in general, that you would be asking these uh, questions of yourselves. And I'm not going to, you know, get into those uh, questions uh, particularly. Um, the goal of a single person in Christ is not marriage. Our goal should be the development of godly character and spiritual maturity. And, uh, you know, sometimes, uh, you know, it, it can become an obsession for for you know those that are single, especially as they get older, you know that you know I got to get married, you know I you know this and it becomes something that is really driving them. And and here we're trying to encourage that you know your goal as a single believer in Christ to you know to, should really be that you would be developing godly character because that will serve you well. Um, you know if and when you get married, and hopefully you will if that's your desire, and. Uh, but, you know, if, if God chooses, or even if you choose, you know, that uh, you want to live a single life, you know, it will serve you very well in that, uh, in that life is, um, too. You know, we, um, and I, I'm sure I'll get some feedback as to what you think about what's, you know, been written here but you know some of the response that that we have received that maybe you know this is all a little bit you know too idealistic uh you know too high and lofty and uh um you know someone made a comment uh that they received from you know those that are already married that you know if we would have had this and followed it we would have never gotten married um i hope that's you know not really you know the case but uh you know and perhaps we have you know painted or or, or portrayed a very high standard but you know I don't know that there's anything, you know, wrong, you know, with that at all, because, you know, the Bible also gives us a very high standard. Proverbs 31, you know, uh, you know, talking about a, a, a virtuous woman, you know, as a wife is a very high standard. And uh, and by the way, she doesn't exist, um, you know, in her entirety. And, you know, those are characteristics, you know, uh, traits that often are developed, uh, you know, through life. Um, so, you know, we, we certainly have, you know, that aspect of, of, of this, um, um, you know, of the booklet and, and something to keep in mind and certainly want to welcome your comments on that. You know, another uh, area that we, ha- we, we touched on and probably, you know, maybe acknowledged or, or didn't put as much weight on is the, is the reality that, you know, we're human beings and, and you know, we have feelings uh, uh, you know, emotions and, and, you know, strong feelings and ones that God gave us. And, uh, you know, we, we obviously approach that cautiously and, and give instruction in that. And, and it's important that we, you know, balance that as well and, uh, you know, understand that, you know, godly principles need to be, um, you know, followed, you know, when dealing with feelings and even romantic feelings that uh, happen. Um, but felt the need that, you know, we need to, caution against, you know, where some of those things can lead. And, uh, you know, I really appreciate the, the statement uh, 
that was not mine, and I'm, I'm not sure, if Brother Mark, this was yours or came from somewhere else. That's not really that important. But infatuation, once kindled, can quickly run rampant and completely crowd out, out of our hearts and minds the calm and prayerful discernment of God's will, completely destroying a sober and spiritual perspective. So while we acknowledge, you know, those, those feelings and emotions, you know, and all of that, um, you know, obviously there needs to be a lot of caution with that. Within the elders' meeting, um, you know, the brothers did um, establish that there were some essential elements that we felt were a necessary part of uh, having marriage by faith. And they were, as we've identified here, seeking God's will through earnest prayer, looking for godly character, seeking godly counsel, being accountable to parents and church authority, and being avoiding emotional attachment. Um, just wanted to touch on this area of looking for godly character. Um, you know, I think that uh, you know, some may um, you know, kind of crack this book open uh, you know, you know, where it naturally opens, and if you uh, do that, uh, you, know, you get to you know, this long list here, of uh, specific traits to, uh, you know, for a sister to look for in a brother and, uh, you know, for a brother to look for in a sister. And, uh, you know, that list can be overwhelming and maybe some, you know, opened it up there and said, wow, this is unrealistic and, you know, closed the book and didn't bother to read the rest. We encourage you to start at the beginning and, uh, you know, read, read everything because the first chapter is um, of paramount importance. The list wasn't developed or, or put there, you know, as, as a checklist, uh, you know, then this is what you need to be or this is what you need to find. Um, and if you don't, you know, you, you can't move forward. You know, it was, it was intended more to be, you know, something that would provoke uh, us to examine ourselves and to really recognize the need for, for looking for those things that are important and, uh, you know, the th- and, and to recognize that many of these areas will, uh, not only can, but will impact um, our life when we are married. And uh, while you won't find someone that has all of those things, and neither will you be able to find out all of those things about that person, um, even after you get married and live with them for a few years, you probably won't find out, you know, you know some of these things. Um, you know, they are, there are obviously ways that that can be observed, uh, you know, in varying degrees, and you should be aware of them. And, uh, you know, if there are, uh, if there are, um, red flags going up, you know, when you're considering somebody, um, you know, in what you see or what you hear, what you observe, what you interact with each other, um, you know, those should not be disregarded. Uh, just getting married is not going to make them go away. Right. We have to realize we're all imperfect. True. And, and be prepared of how to deal with those those imperfections in your spouse, in a sense. Absolutely. And we're all, you know, we're all growing. We definitely in the, wouldn't get married. Right. Okay. Well, we weren't trying to scare anybody. Here. But you know, uh, like I said, Proverbs thirty-one, you know, uh, is is a list that you know nobody's going to master either. Um, you know, if you look at other lists in the Bible of, you know, um, you know, the Beatitudes, uh, 
you know, Colossians, uh, you know, chapter 3, where it talks about uh, putting on Christ and, and lists all those attributes. Uh, if we look at the list of the fruit of the Spirit, um, you know, none of us as believers master all of that perfectly. Um, you know, we all are a work in progress and growing. And so I think uh, let's look at this list in the same way. Brother Andy, did you have a... I, I just think that, uh, you know, Jesus' love, an example is, is God's love, you know, uh, we're supposed to love the same, um, you know, to, to love in a uh, pure, you know, with your, in, a, in a proper way, you know. Absolutely. Like God can enable us, and if we're looking for him, then he can guide us. True. And if you will notice, you know, we did put that uh, also as a list of what, you know, true love uh, is, you know, from 1 Corinthians chapter 13. And certainly that, you know, is, again, and that's another list of, you know, who can do all of that perfectly. You know, none of us can, but those are certainly things that we aspire to. That's Brother Mercer, going along with that, certainly in agreement with what, with what Barb said, you know, no one, no one can really live up to this list. I mean, I, I'll be honest, I cracked open the book here and I looked at it and I started checking it off for myself and going... Okay, um, but at the same time, I think that we, sh- you know, we sh- it's something that recognizing our, our perhaps our weaknesses, we should pray that the Lord would enable us to strive for those things and pray that He would at least cultivate those things actively in our lives to help maybe start to shape us where we need to go in that proper direction. Because um, it's one thing to say, you know, I'll never measure up to this, or I'll never find anyone who measures up this. But, um, and I'm not saying that anyone would ever say this, but we certainly shouldn't stop there and say, well, because I'll never measure up, I'll just accept the way I am and I'll accept her the way that she is or whatnot. I mean, I'm looking inwardly um, primarily, of course, but um, seeing perhaps our shortcomings as, as with our spiritual walk in anything, we should be praying that God would cultivate us and shape us to be, you know, as close as, as possible and continually being shaped in that way, I think. Very good comment. Thank you for that. And I, and I hope that, you know, it can be viewed and looked at and, and taken, you know, in that type of spirit one more in, in you know, how we can develop our own, you know, character and, and uh, spiritual life, as well as recognizing, you know, what are the really important, you know, elements uh, in, in uh, someone that we would marry. And, you know, we didn't, you know, there was nothing there about, uh, you know, wealth or beauty, um, you know, uh, other things that are important, you know, in the world. We're not saying that, you know, those things don't matter at all, um, you know, and, and it's totally out of the picture, not at all, but we need to put the emphasis where, where God would put the emphasis. Also, as a, a corollary to that, being infatuated that, that would lead to marriage, this, this is very powerful feelings and emotions that lend you to do that, but then it's like a graph that it's, it's very powerful, but then it actually subsides very fast also. So by six months or a year, you're left with nothing except qualities that you should have looked for and prayed for from the beginning. And that's what leads also to problems in marriages too. Good point. I would wonder also that if, with this list, as you can see, boy, I must have trouble with shopping. I don't, but anyway. Um, and uh, loving to go and buy the latest stuff. You know, you can even, in, if we're going to have early conversations with uh, potential spouse then you know saying hey I have a, it, it would be good to be honest right up front and say I have trouble with this mm-hmm. those are kind of some of the things that can cause a lot of trouble you know, down the road yeah. I was wondering brother Werner uh, after you, a couple maybe have asked for each other 
do the elders, is there a, a <coughs> system set up to where there's a counseling, a marriage counseling of a certain amount, or is this just, it's all by faith, we're going to marry you now, and we're on our way, good luck. <laughs> I hope not. Uh, you know, you know, it's really sort of another, you know, topic of what happens, you know, once they, you know, you know an engagement, you know, takes place, and uh, I think they're... I, I, like to say that there's a, a growing awareness of the need for um, <coughs> marital counseling, and uh, you know, during the engagement time, and even after the after they're married, you know, to have accountability and, and so forth. The reason I say that because I believe that if there was this in place and and, and they were counseled, it could make a, a <coughs> change in in the engagement or whatever. Change in well. After they've been counseled, and, and like she said, this person says, oh, I have a problem with this and that, and, and the, the brother says, well, man, this is... <laughs> right, this is uh, high maintenance. I, I'm on it. You know what I'm saying? Well, I was thinking of it. You know, Warner, I think there's something maybe doing we skipped or we didn't pay attention much to. I mean, the, the elder or the minister are not the head of the household. The father is the high priest at home. And the father has the God, has the girl's heart, and he should know her very well, much better than anybody else. And therefore, I think things should go through him first. The brother should go to the father, and then he can measure the brother very well and know a lot about him, and discuss that with the daughter. And then he allows what's acceptable uh, communication to see if there is any controversies or problems or things that really don't match. Right. And that is really the next section, that, which we'll get to. Oh, I'm sorry. I just want to get... Uh, um, I, I had a look at the, the list as it were. I didn't really think of it more as a checklist, more things to consider about a potential sister. I mean, obviously there isn't, it would be nice if there was, but there's probably not going to be a sister who's got all the good things and none of the bad things on that list, but I thought of it more as a thing to, that you should know the sister well enough to be aware of these potential upsides and downsides and can you deal with the good traits that she doesn't have and the bad traits that she does have. Good point. Okay, further Mark. Another thought is, um, as single believers, if we are pursuing marriage and we have maybe somebody in our heart, we do think about them. There are things that we do think about them. And this list uh, would maybe help us to kind of help shepherd what should some of our thoughts be. But I think even before we get to that point, again, this is in part one, looking at ourselves, really, and, and our own spiritual life, our own because it's the emphasis on developing godly character and spiritual, spiritual maturity, I think this maybe prompts us to help kind of, as a devotional, let's take a look at ourselves. This is just kind of fleshing out some of the godly principles that are already uh, written in Scripture. Thank you for that. So getting back to what Brother Tony mentioned here, there's a section here about seeking, seeking godly counsel as well as being under um, being accountable to parental and church authority. And uh, you know, this is probably one of the things that I do want to emphasize uh, you know, in this forum, you know, the need uh, f- for that. You know, I, I gave sort of the statistic that we have that you know, it seems that you know, that's not happening that much. You know, 50% is, is a pretty low figure when I think that should be 100%, you know, that, that you as young people would want to counsel. And there may be different reasons for that. You know, maybe, you know, some of the generation gap or not feeling that comfortable. Um, 
you know, maybe not wanting to hear what they're probably going to say to you. You know, a lot of factors can can come in into play there. But, uh, you know, this, uh, you know, there is a lot of responsibility that, as Brother Tony says, that fathers, you know, do have. And perhaps some of that responsibility in the past has been, uh, it's been assumed that the elder or the minister is going to, uh, you know, ask the right questions and, and, you know, do the right checking. And, you know, I hope that it has been done, but I believe often it, it has not been done. And, you know, things, you know, develop and then the problems, you know, come afterwards. So one thing, an overriding theme that you will see uh, in this booklet and, and one that we are wanting to encourage is that there would be this, um, for you as, as young believers uh, approaching, considering marriage, um, that you would seek for godly counsel and that you would consider that your parents um, as well as church leaders, uh, you know, should be very much uh, involved in that process. Um, you can put your hand down, Wesley. I'll get to you in just a second. I just don't want you to get tired there. Um, one of the things that troubled me over the years was that brothers would come to me, you know, wanting to propose to a sister. And uh, that was the the first and only interaction that I had. And, uh, you know, they would just simply say, I've been convicted about this sister, and, uh, and, and I became simply a messenger. I'd pass the message on, and uh, after a while I realized that I could have given the response right away too. Um, and, uh, and then over the years that began to change, and I felt that I needed to start asking some questions, you know, about his convictions, about his spiritual life, and, you know, and, and dig into this a little bit more. And I felt in some ways that I was assuming the role that probably parents or fathers should be taking, but that that was necessary, you know, to do. And so I, I, I personally would like to see much more, um, you know, uh, counseling happening, you know, with, with the parents and also churches. I would appreciate if a brother came to me and said, you know what, I'm thinking about marriage. You know, can you give me some advice? What should I be thinking about? You know, don't, I'm not saying you can't come to me after you've, you know, decided who she is. Um, but I want to encourage you as young people that you would seek this godly counsel um, and advice and, and be under authority of parents and, and also church leaders very early on in, in the process and because I believe that is a biblical approach and that God will bless that. Brother Wesley. Um, I think the issue, I know for me, that has me hesitant to talk to elders about it is that I feel that it seems like there's almost like they feel that there's only one way that you can go about it. I mean, we're all different people. We all have different ways of going, like, for relationships. I mean, like, going through the elders, it worked, you know, for my grandparents, but I'm not my grandparents. I mean, social dynamics change. And, I mean, as that as that is the case, I mean, perhaps courtship is a better way because I think sometimes you need to know you need to get to know a person because if you don't know a person you're considering, then you tend to build up some sort of false image of them, how you think they are in your mind. And if for some reason you know you don't have any conversation with that person, but you have this idea of who they are, and you do go through the elders, and they do come back to yes because they've got some sort of image built up about you, you end up getting married, and all of a sudden you realize neither of you are who you thought you were. 
making a very good point, and, and you know, I don't want to put the blame sort of on you as young people that you're not coming to us or even to your parents. Sometimes it may be that you know, there may not be a, a real appreciation or understanding of, of where all of you are at and what your needs are. If you carefully read through the booklet, you will recognize, I hope, that you know, we are acknowledging that and uh, acknowledging that you know, there isn't just one simple method of, of doing this. But acknowledging, you know, the need that uh, a lot of you may feel that we uh, that I know is out there that you do need to get to know each other more than just you know what church she's from and who her parents and siblings are, and uh, and that there are ways and means of doing that, and uh, you know I would want to believe that uh, as leadership, you know, we are going to be open and receptive to you coming. Um, you know, in that spirit and wanting to be accountable, wanting to be transparent, but at the same time, you know, uh, if you feel that's important, um, that you would be able to do that. And so obviously here we're talking about, you know, uh, two serious, uh, you know, um, young believers uh, talking, you know, about uh, possibly having a, a future life together before a proposal ever happens, um, but that that shouldn't be happening, you know, without the knowledge of the parents uh, uh, behind their backs and, and you know, in, in ways that, that are not appropriate and, and could, be, um, could be harmful. We, you won't find the word courtship in this booklet. Um, and uh, I think, I'm not sure that we discussed why we didn't put it there. I think part of the reason is that, you know, courtship can easily become another word for, for, for dating, you know, and the, the kind of, you know, Dating that obviously we are, you know, very much uh, opposed to, but sort of the concept of courtship, where where uh, you know mature believers would be able to discuss, you know, and get to know each other, um, you know, certainly is 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 there, and not only is it there, sort of at that point before a proposal would even take place, but it's also uh, we're, we're definitely encouraging that at times it's very appropriate for that kind of discussion to take place um, when a sister is perhaps considering a proposal that she wouldn't simply quickly say no, um, you know, for whatever reason, but would be willing and open to, you know, to discuss this with the brother, get to know him, you know, take the time to, you know, have God really, you know, be working in her heart and, and sometimes change her mind. There was another question, okay. Sorry, in the back, yes. I did just want to say something. Um, I know that when we look at the checklist, we want, like, obviously him or her to be spiritual and all these things and to have all these checklists from the Word of God. But I'm wondering if subconsciously we're not aware that as we sort of saturate ourselves with romance novels or watch movies, and the world is seductively um, putting lies into our mind. And even though, like you say, oh, I want a godly man and I want him to be all these things, However, subconsciously, we're not aware that our personal worldview is changing about what, like, our worldview doesn't match up with the biblical worldview of marriage. Absolutely. And we're looking for something totally different. So when this guy does come, he doesn't fit, you know, maybe our subconscious checklist, we're like, oh, no, that's not the guy I want. And certainly that would be what's constituting an ungodly or unspiritual approach, uh, you know, to marriage, and that is, you know, there's no question that that our even our church culture, you know, and how we approach marriage is being influenced by you know the culture and the time that we live in. Yes, I'm just going to say with how you're um, talking about how you know after there's been a proposal and maybe there was an initial no, but that 
maybe an elder would encourage that those two people um, have like a meeting and, and discuss. Right. I was talking to um, a wise married young woman and, and she was commenting on that too and, and how a lot of times um, one of the, those of the two don't want to do that. Don't want to have that, you know, they just don't, they just want, nope, you know, and that's it. And um, it just struck <coughs> me as, you know, how she said it was like, you know, but there, aren't we quenching the spirit? I mean, aren't we like limiting how God might be working? Um, I mean, it's basically what you're saying, but, it, you know, it really kind of made sense. Um, uh, absolutely. We're just you know, breaking it off and, okay, God, I'm not going to let you speak about this anymore. I think we do want to, you know, recognize that there isn't only just one way all these pieces can can fit together, and that we need to be open to that. My experience has been that, uh, you know, I always ask brothers, are they willing to meet with the sister before she gives an answer? And and every brother that I've ever asked that has has been willing to do that. Um, uh, most, and I'm trying to think right now, if not all the sisters in these cases that I've dealt with uh, were not interested, you know. Their answer was no, and um, yeah, and I, you know, sisters, I, you know, would want to, as we have in this booklet, uh, ask you to, you know, consider that maybe he's not the one you're waiting for, you know, brother. And I, I know we're going to run out of time here. Um, just wanted to uh, uh, share a, an experience that a brother just recently shared with me about uh, this particular uh, brother that proposed to a sister. Um, you know, she wanted to give an answer no right away, and then, you know, he kind of had a premonition that the reason was she was waiting for somebody else, which he asked, and was the case, and then he, he you know, I think he actually asked her, do you mind if I ask that brother if he's thinking about you? Because she was sure, <laughs> she was sure that, that he was, you know, that he was, and that you know, she was the one that, or he was the one that she wanted. Um, so he did that, and uh, it hadn't crossed his mind. You know, he wasn't there at all. And, uh, you know, when the sister then found out that information and began to seriously and probably sincerely and prayerfully consider the proposal that was there, um, you know, they ended up getting married, and all indications were that it was a happy marriage. So, you know, sometimes I think sisters can, you know, be waiting for Mr. Wright or he's the one and, uh, you know, and not really uh, giving God, you know, the proper chance to really um, do what's, you know, sister mentioned here and, and maybe actually are quenching the spirit or quenching what God wants to do. Good. Yes. Sure. One of the key things I think is having those conversations with your parents way before you have a name in mind. And um, even if you don't have a good relationship with your parents, it would be good to foster it right away because that is so key in developing your own characteristics and also in evaluating um, the person who you God may put on your heart and then realizing that families come together and it's not just the two immediate families but it's the extended families important discussions early and uh, before feelings and emotions you know are really running uh, on a high level yeah okay um, I do want to uh, you know the proposal section, you can, if you want to ask a question about it, you know, that's, that's fine. You're welcome to do that. I think it's fairly clear and, and explanatory what we've written there. Um, I do want to, I only received one question, and I, and I want to make sure that I respect, you know, the, um, 
you know, whoever it was that wrote this, and, and, and I think it's a very, uh, very real uh, question, and it it's probably speaks for something that is on, on the hearts of many uh, young people as well as parents and, and, and leadership as well. From a sister, she says, as a sister, I find myself yearning for a husband. How and what do I do to find or uh, to live as married or single? Between wishing for a husband and dealing with all the engagements, I find myself struggling to be content. And I, you know, my heart goes out to, you know, to, um, you know, whoever wrote this and, and, and you know, the, probably the many, you know, of you that are out there and those that will be, you know, listening to this recording. Because I know, you know, there's, and it's not just sisters, it's brothers too, you know, that really want to be married. And, uh and, and sincerely desire that. And, uh, you know, for whatever reasons, it can be that, you know, maybe they've never been asked and never had an opportunity. Um, you know, others have asked, you know, two or three times maybe, and, and, and you know, after the second or third no, you know, uh, you know, they're not ready to ask anymore. And that can be very discouraging. Um, you know, others, you know, just feeling like this individuals, you know, that I'm getting passed by and, you know, getting to a, maybe an age, you know, when maternal instincts are kicking in and, and you realize that, you know, I should be having a family, I should, you know, be, be married and having children and, and it's not happening. And then there is that uh, statistic, you know, the reality that, you know, we have more single uh sisters than brothers in the church and it seems that it's oft you know it's almost always been that and so the reality is that you know there's a, a good chance that some will not marry and and so you know how so I, I feel for that and I understand you know all of that we talk about being content and being single um, you know I think there you know for um, you know sort of to answer you know this question is uh, you know putting a focus on you know not being um, having this obsession about getting married uh, and, and really making that the goal, you know, d- developing godly character, and then also, you know, just living out your Christian life, um, you know, in different ways, you know, to bring about some of that contentment, but also, uh, and I, making sure that, that, you know, your qualities, and hopefully they are good qualities, are evident, you know, to others as, as well. Um, and that includes, you know, getting involved and in, in going places, interacting, being willing. You know, you've heard the statistics here. You know, you want to get to know each other. So, you know, you need to be willing to sometimes get out of your comfort zone and, and, and have open discussions and, and, and be, be talking. I'm not talking about flirting or, or um, you know, uh, trying to attract uh, someone in the wrong way. But, you know, things that are godly and, and spiritual and... Um, you know, open and transparent, uh, I think, you know, can be very helpful. Brother Mark, do you have anything you can sort of add to this? Um, I guess we can be active or we can be passive. And uh, I think probably sisters in particular may feel that just as the way our culture is, that they're somewhat in a passive role waiting for a, a brother or someone to propose to them. But, um, and, and that's a tough situation to be in if they, when, when people might feel that hope is diminishing or something. Or, but if we can really bring about that desire that, uh, and to be active in serving the Lord um, and develop uh, ourself in the Lord's service and furthering his kingdom, I think that's going to make us um, 
content and, 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 and have the gratification, the fulfillment, whether we ever marry or don't marry. But our fulfillment will be in Christ. Um, and I know it's easier to, to say that than necessarily to feel that, um, but but doesn't change the fact that it's true. Marriage doesn't make people happy. You know, God makes people happy. You know, fulfillment comes from Christ, not just because two people come together. And really, um, I don't know if I should say this, but maybe a, a bad marriage is worse than no marriage. And having seen that as well, um, I just would like to encourage our single brother, both brothers and sisters, that really find your gift that God has given to you and exercise that and and and. and see how you can use that for the, the Lord's kingdom. And, and I just think that the satisfaction, the fulfillment that that brings will go a long way. Thank you. And, you know, I think I mentioned earlier about the Ruth and Boaz scenario, and I think it, it does tie in with this question a little bit. Um, you know, she, uh, her mother-in-law and, and, you know, her obedience to what she was being instructed. Um, oh, boy, I'm going in the wrong direction here. <laughs> uh, no, I don't... don't. The point I'm trying to make is, uh, is that, uh, you know, she really, you know, she was making herself available, you know, in a sense. And, and obviously, you know, we've got to be careful here. Uh, and, and uh, you know, and following, you know, some, you know, obviously the instructions. And that was cultural, you know, everything that happened there. You know, there was a cultural background, you know, for that. But, you know, she was obedient to, you know, some of the instructions that, you know, she was being given, you know, about where to go and, and what to do. And, um, you know, and God, God orchestrated that. But, you know, the point is that, that she was really, um, I don't want to say in the driver's seat to uh, use that expression, but she really had a, a strong influence in that situation. It's a, you know, I don't think we can draw all the parallels and say, you know, that it applies now in, in our time, but I think there's there's some merit to looking at that example. Just, uh, um, you know, we, I guess, are out of time. Is there a, a question, you know, that, that you didn't put on paper that you're burning to, to have answered, uh, or just a comment as well, Judah? I know that you had mentioned at the beginning, um, <clears throat> and maybe you could touch on it a little, a little bit, um, for those of us who may feel like God is calling us to a life of singleness, Maybe you could at least briefly touch upon like, what can the church do to support these people? Because there does seem to be a big cultural drive within our fellowship towards marriage. And that might be something that is maybe comes across um, in the wrong way towards those who do feel committed or called to a life of singleness. I think in a church, you know, where obviously there would be, you know, more, um, you know, maybe more individuals, you know, older singles, I would call them, you know, having, uh, you know, maybe a focused, uh, you know, fellowship group, you know, uh, you know, for, for that age group, you know, would be, you know, one way of, you know, doing that. As a church, I think that, um, you know, we need to reach out to those, not just because they're single and don't, you know, they don't have a spouse, but also including them. I think that a lot of, you know, older singles, you know, sort of feel, you know, that they don't fit in with the CFG anymore. And, you know, they don't fit in with the married, and so they feel themselves being, you know, left out. So I think that, um, you know, for those that are married, and especially, you know, older ones, you know, uh, you know, bringing them into your home, you know, for meals, or even sometimes for special, you know, like uh, holidays and things like that, including them, um, you know, in those activities, you know, can help, can help, 
you know, sort of fill that gap or that void. Specifically, what you know you can do. Obviously, I think it's what Brother Mark mentioned about you know just developing and, and staying busy. If you feel that God's calling you to sort of remain single or to live a single life, then you have to realize that you know that's what you have to be focused on and, and serving Him in that capacity um, and being active, you know, in the Lord's work there. Yes. Um, I don't know exactly uh, how I want to put this, but um, I was very thankful for, if you want to call my grandparents' generation way, um, I know everyone's different, but for me, I was really thankful to be able to have that time to really pray and to to consider. Um, God was already leading me towards my husband, but, um, you know, if I would have had him you know, come and propose to me directly, um, that would have been really hard because, you know, maybe there would have been an emotional response, but I really needed that time to, yeah, that's fine. um, I really needed that time to pray and to have God show me so that I could have that firm conviction that this really was God's will. And, um, I spent a lot of time in prayer and fasting, counseling with, um, my elder, with my parents, and, um, you know, I wrote down everything that God revealed to me, and I have 20 pages of what God showed me, and it was through the scripture, through sermons, through what other people said that all tied everything together, and although I really was already feeling led towards and I wasn't sure if this was the right time, that was something that I was struggling with, I didn't feel ready, I was didn't feel like I could measure up, you know, to this list and, and so forth, but um. I always kind of wanted to be perfect before I, I would do certain things, including baptism. But, um, but God really showed me that this was the person for me, and He, He really revealed to me without a shadow of a doubt. I tend to doubt a lot, you know. And um, God confirmed to me in so many different ways that this was the brother that He meant for me. And so later on in life, when difficulties come. And um, when Satan tries to bring doubts, I don't have to worry that it was infatuation or that it was my own um, will or my own feelings, but it was grounded in God's word. And um, was I perfect? No, I had feelings for him before, and I had to deal with my infatuation, and I had to come to a point where I completely surrendered my will to God and gave him up completely and said, Lord, if, if you don't want me to marry him, I won't. And, you know, that was a scary place because it was like, you know, I'm 28, am I going to, you know, get married? But I was able to, with God's help, to completely surrender my will to God. And um, and then he was able to work and to show me that, yes, it was my will, not yours. And I didn't have to, you know, eventually, thankfully they're the same, but I didn't have to worry that later that, you know, it was, it was my doing, but really that it was God's doing. So it was very... Very thankful and definitely, definitely worked for me today. Absolutely. And I, I hope that in this forum we haven't suggested that that doesn't work. It worked for me. It has worked for my children. Uh, and uh, it's very much alive and, and real. And, uh, but it hasn't worked for everybody. And we want to acknowledge that. And, uh, you know, I talked about uh, the number of no's. You know, there's, I think, many reasons. But, you know, one of them, I believe, is that, you know, if, the expectations of how a sister or a brother, you know, would uh, approach this are different. 
Um, like you said, you know, had he approached you directly, you know, it, it probably would have, may have turned out, you know, differently. But for others, it can be the opposite way as well. So thank you for your testimony. Okay. I think we uh, probably should uh, wrap it up here. If any of you have further questions, uh, you know, feel free to ask them then privately.